Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I am your host, Marianne Petri. This episode of Slam the Gavel is sponsored by CPS Protect Consulting Services. A child protective services case is one of the most frightening experiences for any parent. Don't face it alone. Face it with confidence with urgent assist by CPS Protect. You can have access to former CPS investigators to make sure you preserve your rights and protect protect your family. If you're facing CPS involvement and not sure where to turn, their child welfare consultants can help you. Visit cpsprotect.com forward slash subscribe and enter the coupon code SLAMTHEGAVEL for 10% off your first year of urgent assist. And this is available in all 50 states. I have another announcement. Bradley's mother, Narcus Golan, passed away in the fall of 2022. Bradley is autistic and needs structured routine and therapies. He receives for his autism six days a week. However, Italy just entrusted Bradley to the Italian social services. If he is ruled to go back, he will face the next three to four years in the Italian foster care system where he can't speak or understand the language. He will then be taken away from the only family he has ever known. And we have Judge Ann Donnelly to thank for that. Please call Governor Hochul, New York State, 518 518- 474-8390. That's Governor Hochul, 518-474-8390. Also, go to pleasedoyourjob.com and sign the petition. This is a very important petition. Pleasedoyourjob.com. I have a brand new guest on. I have Amanda Story. She's from North Carolina. Her problem is she's being strong-armed with no lawyer that has ever represented her has never given any of her evidence to the judge, and not that a judge ever looks at evidence anyway. But I welcome you, Amanda Story, to Slam the Gavel. How are you this morning? Hi, good. Thank you very much. I'm as good as it as it can get. So um, I'm here just to tell my story, tell the truth, um, and uh, make people aware of what's happening in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. This is a systemic issue, and um, it's all over, um, from what I gather, in many states. So I'm just doing my part to shine some light into North Carolina. And if I can't get out of North Carolina, then um, I'm going to put the light in North Carolina. Definitely. I've covered other cases in uh, North Carolina, the Jackie Kent case. Uh, Just very disturbing, where they had evidence and uh, uh the judge just didn't care mm-hmm. is this is this what's going on in your case um well lawyer not giving information yes I, i've had representation um and then right before or right after they make things worse for me they drop mm-hmm. me um i've had no lawyer so far give any of my evidence to a judge um in my situation, um, it is a family violence situation. Um, I have been, uh, well, threatened by my ex um, over and over the entire time I was married to him that he would uh, take tapes. Um, we had home monitoring and cameras inside our home and outside our home. And he would edit tapes or he threatened to edit tapes and give them to my church board and friends and family and things like that. Um, I'm not sure if he has ever actually done that, uh, but there are um, plenty of them. He did try and threaten me in this whole 
court process uh, by giving me little clips of things. And he would send them to my phone and, and say that he was going to say that. And I said, you know, I can hear the break in the in the recording. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that other people will know that this is not uh, true. Um, but it is what it is. I have given um, everything kind of started with um, me bringing in screenshots and this happened. I mean, it's, it's what happened. I was calling my son, one of my children on FaceTime, which is how we communicate. We call their phones directly on FaceTime and I screenshotted it as it was happening. So I just click, click, click as fast as I could. Um, as I saw a gun going towards my child's head Mm -hmm. and, um, when I brought that at first, I thought it was a fake gun, um, honestly, because I saw in one of the screenshots, there was a little red cap. However, I'll tell you further into that story that um, it came out that it was actually two guns. Um, so I brought that. I thought that it was fake, but I brought it to mediation. It was right before mediation. And I showed the attorneys at the time and um well, I showed my attorney and I'm assuming that he showed his attorney. And right after that, I got an ex parte emergency custody order uh, on me claiming that I'm an abuser. And I was never given the opportunity to go to court. I was served. I was served by the sheriff, um, but I was never allowed to go to court. Um, I tried. I called the courthouse and they said that there was no there was no court. Um, so I never got to go before a judge. I never got to explain my side of things or defend myself in any way. Never got to show any of that evidence at all. Um, and then, you know, it just spiraled from there. So right then they took 50% of my custody right off the bat with the ex parte order. Now, farther down the road, it was November 3rd. I went to an exchange for my children outside my husband's work. And, um, now I, I assume he's my ex-husband, but, um, at the time he was my husband and, um, I recorded it. I recorded the conversation um, I threw my phone in the back seat, and uh, he saw my kid's phone and thought it was mine. So uh, he was being recorded the whole time. Um, and I brought that up, uh, what happened in the ex parte and the emergency custody. And he said that, um, you know, that he had to do that because he had to say that I was an abuser um, to get the status quo going, is what he had said. Um, and that his father knew everyone and he named the judge. Um, his dad was a police officer in the courthouse, mm. uh, retired a few years before mm. everything got started. His family is very well established in our community, in law enforcement, um, in the DA's office. His aunt worked for the DA for 30 years. Um, his sister-in-law worked in the clerk of court. Um, you can see that on her website or her Facebook. Um, and his uncle is a state politician. He was actually my house of representatives. Um, um, what is it? Um, my representative for the house, um, until the redistricting happened just, I think it was about a few months ago is when the redistricting happened. I'm not sure on that date. 
but he was my actual representative. And in these boxes of things for my fifth lawyer, when I went to pick up my things, when she dumped me, um, I had the witness list in there and it was a witness list and it had his, his uncle on it. So I'm not sure if that was used to scare lawyers or what. Um, I did take that witness list over to the courthouse and I had the lady page through all like 600 pages at the time of my file. Mm-hmm. Um, and she could not find the witness list. So I don't know if it's actually uh, genuine or if it was just used to scare people. I did sit down with that uncle my representative, I showed him um, these pictures of the gun incident to my son. I sh- I told him what was going on. I asked for his help. He would not help me at the time. He did give me a couple of names um, to try. And one was a retired judge and the other was a retired um, clerk, I think. And neither could help me or they either would not or could not help me. Um so, you know, everyone just says, go to legal aid. Well, <laughs> I like everyone to know that legal aid does not help you. Legal aid will not help you. They will not help you for custody matters in any way. Uh, occasionally, they say that they can help for a 50B or a protective order, which only would make things worse in domestic violence situations, in my opinion. But um, it's they they will not help you. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, So that is a huge misconception in Mm -hmm. our community. As far as the politician, um, I've been speaking out anyway at town hall meetings uh, with uh, DHHS on mental health issues, uh, because one of the main arguments that, um, that his attorney, the opposing party's attorney, will say is that I'm crazy. You know, when you look in the law, and, and I'm pretty good at research, but I'm not real good at putting putting it all together. Like I have the research, I don't know how to enforce the laws that I know about. But according to UNC law, um, UNC uh, resources, it'll say, you know, that a dependent spouse, because I was a dependent spouse and I had breast cancer at the time, I had just been diagnosed. Um, it was eight months, I think, when my husband left, um, when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So I should have been able to recover from these things. And he, he left, but when he left, I was taking care of all of our children. I was actually even for a small amount of time taking care of his ex-wife's children as well. She was a social worker who had her baby removed from her care due to broken ribs and a brain bleed at, I think he was two months old at the time. So I took her baby so that he wouldn't go to foster care at the time. Now, I, um, it appears that it was a babysitter that did this to her child, but she is still a CPS worker now in my my children's county where they live with her father. So she works for CPS um, and her background, whenever I ran that, um, it had her going by a different last name. Oh yeah, they do that. Yeah, isn't that interesting? They move them around and then they change the names. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know if that's a CPS thing. Yeah, Uh, it is. Something to look into, definitely. 
But um, anyway, so uh, on the gun incident, <laughs> um, that removed 50% of my custody right then. And I could not uh, say anything. I couldn't do anything about that. Um, on tape, my husband said that that's his father's friend. He said, yeah, he's a friend of my dad's. Um, I wish I had the minute because uh, it's on my phone, but I have just so everyone knows all of my evidence in case my house just disappears or catches fire or whatever. All my main evidence has been copied and it's in other people's houses and it's in safe places. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if anything happens to me, um, please get my story out. Mm -hmm. get all of it out, get all the names out, get everything out. Um, so I, I think bringing in as much light as humanly possible on these matters will actually hopefully help keep us safe. Um, not sure, but hopefully it will. Um, it will definitely send a message that uh, if they double down and try and retaliate any more than they already have, I will double down and I will um, and bring in as much light as humanly possible. Oh, yes, because we can always do a follow up podcast if we don't cover everything. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, sometimes the politicians um, that hopefully they can help, they say they can't help. I have a, a few of them going, you know, uh, go to the media, go to the media, get your story out. But they're not willing to help me in person, you know. I had a few of them uh, try to help me. They mm -hmm. they um, sat down with his uncle, who is on this witness list. Um, also, what I'll say about that, and I'm ADD brain, so I'm kind of scared. Well, it's from all the stress. <laughs> really. Yeah. Um, also, this book, if no one has read this book, I'm going to... This, this book is very good. I don't know exactly how to apply it yet, but Unlocking Justice. Uh-huh. Dr. Huffer, a uh, really great book. It, it talks about legal abuse syndrome, which is part of PTSD under the DSM-5. So when you're diagnosed with PTSD, uh, it's it's probably because of the legal abuse that you're under. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going through what I'm going through. I don't know how anyone could keep a sane, straight mind if they have all of this on them, it's just, it's ridiculous. All the hoops that you have to jump through. And then when you jump through those hoops and they don't like it, you know, then they give you more hoops to jump through. And you're just, you're, you're in a little, uh, you're a hamster on a wheel. And I just, it's like, where's the door? Where's the door out of family court? I made a mistake. I thought that this place was just and helpful and were, was going to save me and my children from harm. And they don't do that. Uh, family court is just awful. It's well, absolutely it, awful. It, it's actually a kangaroo court and you can look that up on Wikipedia. It, it's a kangaroo yes. court. <laughs> absolutely. And, and I got to really understand some things about the courts, but I'll go back to some of the players. Um, so this um, uncle that has been, uh, he said he's not involved. He's mm -hmm. not involved in this case. And I said, well, sir, you, you actually are involved. I mean, it, mm -hmm. maybe not willingly by you, but they are involving you. They put your name on this, on this piece of paper here. And it may be scaring off my attorneys because um, I can't get representation. 
I can't keep representation. I don't have the money. He took the money. I've been financially abused completely. Everyone, please go to the post-separation abuse wheel. Um, it's every single thing on there, uh, almost, I have been subject to um, and my children. So, um, you know, he will, he said he will not stop on me until I, my husband at the time, until I have only supervised visits with my children. That's his goal. Um, so, but this uncle would not help me. And some other politicians that I've reached out to, they said that he, he wouldn't help me. Mm -hmm. uh, but then the last one I spoke to said, well, he's willing to help you now. So maybe he's willing to help me. I don't know. Um, my old representative was Donnie Lambeth. Uh, hopefully he is now willing to help me. Um, he was in my district. Now he's not. Now redistricting happened in North Carolina. And now I have a new representative. But, um, you know, I just want to urge all representatives to represent mm -hmm. um, the people in their district and really represent us, protect us, protect families, and do your very best to to do away with this court system that is so corrupt or mm -hmm. bring correction to it. Um, and I'm doing my best to... Um, research things on the policy angle. Uh, my background was was in research, social research, and uh, I have a master's in sociology. So before my children, um, that's what I did. And, um, you know, I want to contribute in any way possible to this situation uh, through policy change, through advocacy, mm -hmm. outreach and advocacy, speaking out at town hall meetings, um, going to our representatives, telling them what is actually happening and occurring and, and, you know, sitting in front of them, showing them pictures of our children um, so that we can do something about this matter. I am so tired of hearing from domestic violence agencies and coalition against domestic violence that, oh, there's nothing to, there's nothing we can do. Um, you know, it's a corrupt system. We'll pray for you. Ugh. What? I have a church to pray for me. I have friends and family to pray for me. I need these people to do what the, was it? Please do your job. I wrote that down. I'm going to go and research that, but do well, your job. Well, that one that please do your job.com is for a mom. She's trying to get okay. 3000 signatures. That's all she needs gotcha. is 3000. Because her son uh, was, you know, um, murdered, and she needs the DA to do his job. Oh, oh, the DA. Yeah, because yep. they don't do their job. They don't do no. their job. They don't. <laughs> the DAs don't do their job. Magistrates don't do their job. Police no. don't do their job. It is amazing how many people get to go to work and get a paycheck, and they don't do their job. It's mm -hmm. like, what do you do about this? Um, I because I've brought my things to the police. What do you do? What does in my situation they call the police, call my husband's attorney and tell her uh, that I'm trying to get protection. <laughs> so uh, and I have the those emails. I have the email straight from his attorney to my fourth attorney saying, because your client went to the police, 
we're not going to have him pay anything. So it strips all financial resources. So I couldn't afford an attorney anyway. That's ultimate corruption when you call the police and then they they just turn around and call his attorney? Call his attorney. Yeah. And I didn't have an attorney at the time. Well, no, I had the fourth one. And then she dropped me, of course. Yes. Um, They all do. And she she dropped me from on an email that I didn't even get. And then two weeks later says, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I thought I sent that email to you dropping your case. No. Um, so it's all very shenanigans, just a hundred percent corrupt, corrupt, corrupt shenanigans. And from my research so far, I think fraud on the court doesn't mm-hmm. have a statute of limitations. So Correct. maybe I'll have the rest of my life to figure out how to hold these, these people accountable but everyone needs to be held accountable for their actions and their inactions um, in all of these uh, spheres, whatever. Um, But I don't know. Um, What else do I want to say? Oh, the latest attack on me has been, I mean, it is the amount of litigation um, that is unwarranted in my position with zero evidence um, on me, zero. He took 50% custody Mm -hmm. right away with zero evidence that I'm an unfit mother at all, zero. Um, What he did produce to a fifth attorney of mine was a hard drive that he swears he got from my computer. But when I I finally borrowed a laptop from uh, one of my IT people and um, to put this hard drive in and see what was on it. And my gosh, he would label the video footage, right? And it would say, mom, um, you know, alienates my son's name. I won't say my son's name, but... Um, you know, alienate son from father. But when you click on it, it's him actually doing exactly what he said I was doing. It's him alienating. Yes. I I couldn't believe it. So well, if, that's what mine did. Okay. So <laughs> they're all doing you, it. <laughs> if you put that in and you just look at the titles, I'm hoping that his lawyer isn't this brain dead or doesn't have, you uh-huh. know, um, legal assistance. I mean, you would assume with the amount of motions that I get in the mail, you would think she has a whole team of people doing these things. But when you put it in there, you got to click on it. So because um, it, it just says mom alienates child, mom does this. So click on it. It's actually him, you know, quizzing my child over my autistic son over and over and over asking him uh, very detailed questions, leading questions about me. It's him doing it. Mm-hmm. So if anything, that evidence is going to help um, if it's ever looked at, you know, uh, I can make sure that it is looked at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know what I'm able to do. Uh, I don't have any more money, of course, no represented, uh, like no representation that I've had actually represented me mm-hmm. and gave my evidence to a judge i've been um in the temporary order well there was an ex parte order uh which conveniently there's no audio or record of according to the court 
And then there was a status quo order directly following that. And by the way, in North Carolina, I found that there is a, um, there's an article written. I, I don't know exactly where I found it, but it was from a judge at the time. I think he was a district court judge and now he's a superior court judge named um, McGee hmm. um, was the last name. I don't know for sure I could get it, but, um, and it, it's a whole article about the corruption that these ex parte orders followed by status quo orders really can bring. So I understand that they may be needed in certain times, but um, I would be interested if anyone else knows how to research um, particular lawyers and how many ex partes actually happen from those lawyers. So like, I know that it's a thing that people do are ex parte orders, meaning only one party gets heard and they're usually in uh, domestic violence situations. But in my situation, um, my husband, you know, tries to scare me by doing something like this to my son and, and actually turns it around and says that I'm the abuser. I mean, that, that's just abuse. Well, um, also, you know, your opposing attorney is a child psychological abuser. And also your other attorneys that weren't presenting this evidence are child psychological abusers. Yeah. They, um, yep. Mm -hmm. Now, um, and there was one crooked CPS worker in the mix as well, because I couldn't figure out why my husband was going into all the providers and saying, I'm a child abuser. So he's like, my wife is a child abuser. And he would say that to every provider. Some of the providers would stop seeing our children. Um, and then, uh, you know, their pediatrician, he called CPS. He said, I'm calling CPS. You just said that your wife is a child abuser in front of our children, by the way, which is also abusive. Right. And, you know, so he's saying this. I'm like, are you kidding me again? So I've had Again. multiple CPS reports filed on me over and over because he's looking for that magical one. And I'm thinking that that magical CPS worker, the one crooked one that I would say is definitely crooked. Um, she she just threatened me mm -hmm. um, when I I told her and showed her. She actually, uh, you know, said that she looked into it and she's from my my husband is residing in Stokes County and I'm in. Forsyth County. She says, I'm from Stokes County and I know guns and that's not a real gun. So she's saying it's only oh. one gun. Well, the oh. sheriff in, in this county uh, said that he called me and said, no, it, this is where I heard that it was not one gun. It's two guns. He said that there was a firearms instructor and that it was two guns. One is an airsoft gun. That's the one with the orange cap. And the other is a real gun. And mm -hmm. he would investigate this. And then within a few days later, he calls me back and said, he's not going to investigate anymore because CPS worker from, she was in Forsyth County at the time, called them and told them not to investigate and that they weren't going to be looking at it. So neither should they. That's what he told me on the phone. Oh my gosh. Okay. So she's a firearms expert as well. No, no, she's not uh, a firearms expert. No, I'm, I'm being facetious. Oh yeah. 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 She's like, she oh knows. Oh my gosh. Guns and that's only, well, she doesn't. And you know, I, I 
I said, honestly, I don't care if it's Mickey Mouse holding a gun to my child's head. No one holds a gun to my child's head, whether it's real, whether it's fake, whether it's Mickey Mouse, whether it's my husband, it doesn't matter. But I know my husband, I know his body and his face was not in the photo. Um, it was just his body. Uh, but I know my husband's body and that's his body. And, you know, he, my children are in his care at this time when this is happening. So when you go to the police and they say, oh, it's not my jurisdiction. Then you go to the sheriff. It's not my jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. Then you go to his county sheriff and they say they're going to take this. And they they tell you that it's two guns. One's very real. And then they won't do anything about it. And they won't respond. And I've had a a um, domestic violence uh, worker advocate from one of the agencies that I went through. She tried to get comment from them, uh, Stokes County Sheriff's, and they won't call. They won't call back. They won't give any kind of information. Nothing. And the magistrate is just so corrupt. All of it. So the magistrate won't file charges if you're in a custody dispute. And I said, where in the general statute does it say that you can um, have gun violence to a child and no one will do anything about it if you're in a custody dispute? Where does it say that litigation will stop all, all of these protect and serve agencies from doing their job? Uh, you know, that's a dereliction of duty on his part because Absolutely. that's when he should call the DA in. And oh, said, they did call the DA. Sorry, they oh, called the sorry. DA. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah, they, they did. They called the DA. Huh. And um, the DA, yep, they're not going to get involved because uh, you're in a custody dispute. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, my custody dispute has lasted three years so far, and they're not done taking everything from me. So they're going to continue to try. And um, at three years, so if something happens to my child, that's not that that's just allowed it's allowed no evidence has been presented at all Uh, i did try and present evidence myself after um but i'm not a lawyer i'm not a lawyer i don't want to go to law school i've had that don't i don't want i'm not a i'm not a bar whore i'm sorry i'm not going to law school right (laughs) not happening no Um, don't want to be a lawyer i don't and i i shouldn't have to be um so this is all because you have tons of money and influence and power in the community and power in North Carolina in politics and law enforcement and every other agency, you know, um, my children just, we don't care about them. That's just, no, not okay. It's mm-hmm. not okay. So I go to town hall meetings when I know about them, about gun violence and things of that nature, um, mental health. The reach of this corrupt system is so far and impactful in every other agency as well. Um, it, it's, it's touched mental health. It's touched, you know, just not being able to really get, there's only so many hours in a day that a person has and when you've got all these hoops to jump through because you're going to therapies for your children that you no longer see, mm-hmm. you know, hardly at all. I get four, four days a month right now with my children, four days. And, and they'll say, oh, will you sign that? You agreed to it. 
No, I was strong-armed. I was completely strong-armed because no one will present my evidence to a judge. So they said, they took me into the hall, my fifth attorney, and at 3.30 in the afternoon, where the other opposing party talked all day long and had their witnesses and custody evaluators and things that they paid, which, by the way, my husband says that is his father's friend, you know, and I've gotten no time to speak whatsoever. Uh, the last hour and a half with zero time to speak, my lawyer did not tell me that it could be stretched to another day. And I, when I questioned her about it the next day after signing temporary custody to go to my husband, because I was told that I might not ever see my kids again if I didn't do that because I didn't have proper time. You know, she said I could, I could go and try and get on the stand within the last hour and a half, but she said she had to get through my husband being called as a witness too, and I would go last. So I might not have adequate time to speak, and that's a risk I took. So I chose, of course, I'm going to say, okay, I'll give custody, primary custody temporarily to my husband so I can still see my children. Absolutely. And then my kids come to me and say, did you give us away? Daddy says you gave us away. Grandma says you gave us away, you know, and they'll tell me what their dad and what their grandma say to them. And I'm like, of course I didn't give you away. Well, why would you do something like that? And what I told them, I mean, what are you supposed to say? What I told them is I made it so that I always get to see you. Mm-hmm. You know, so now we can have a couple weeks together in the summertime. Now we can have every other weekend. How you old know? are they? I'm sorry. How old are they? Right now they're 11. Okay. So, and they were eight when it started. And another thing my husband, ex-husband now will say to the therapist, well, he fired all, the real therapist, of course. They, they fired, and he says he fired them and he fired my child's autism doctor um, and then replaced the therapist with one that is, you know, paid by him to go to court and side with him. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, he says your, your children are done with this situation. They're just done with this court case and, you know, you being stressed out over court and stuff. And I said, I know, so am I. And this is when he was talking to me and my husband together. And um, I'm like, he sued me last week, though, for the rest of my custody for the last four days. Okay, so I go to court again in August um, for a modification on the temporary custody order to literally strip all of my visitation with my children, all of it. And, you know, all of it. And it's retaliatory because I finally made a motion right before that, a counter motion. But, um, you know, they're they're attempting to take all of it, um, requiring me to do more psyche valves, more psychiatric therapy. They've had a, a parent coordinator dictate that I need to fire my own therapist of three years where I was very comfortable and happy and hire a new one because they're not getting the result that they want. Oh, oh. So that's illegal, by the way. And I still did it. It's against ADA, by the way. Mm-hmm. I still did it. 
and um, that new psyche valve still did it. They all say the same thing. Mm-hmm. I do not have these psychiatric uh, personality disorders that he claims that I have, um, my husband, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. So I'm jumping through all these hoops. And the therapist, you know, saying my children are just done with this situation. No kidding. So am I. And, and, but my husband just sued me again. He's not, he's, he's literally not letting up. I'm not suing him. He's suing me. Right. Over and over and over and over. Same. Is he um, pestering you for child support? Oh, um, they threaten it. They threaten that they'll get me on back pay child support. Um, The equitable distribution mediation was completely fraudulent because I had a, my husband didn't want any tie to our house or our bill. He put everything in my name. Everything was in my name. So he can just go away when he wants to. And um, then, and I had a free trader agreement drawn up on on the house that we lived in, which is my house now. It's always been my house. And um, it was a free trader agreement that he signed waiving his marital right to the, to any of the property, right? Because he did not want to be attached to it. He was in his previous wife and his, their stuff. Um, so anyway, this equitable distribution mediation, they said in there that they couldn't lie to me. That's a lie. And that I had to come up with all this money all of a sudden quickly. I don't have money. I wasn't working at the time. I had breast cancer at the time. I literally had my breast removed and I was taking care of my two children and my stepson and his baby brother from a, from his mother, Mm -hmm. four children, you know, right before this. And then, you know, my, my breast cancer surgery and then my dad got ill in Florida and then this happened right away. So it was maybe eight or nine months, I think after my breast cancer surgery that, that he left. So I don't know where I was going with that, but. Well, um, it's the legal abuse. It's the continued legal abuse and uh, the jumping through hoops. And then what he'll do is he'll go back and tell the kids that, uh, your mother keeps litigating and I won't have any money to pay for your college. Exactly. That's a good one. Yeah, that, that that's what mine did. did. They read from the same book. I don't know. Well, I think there is a book. Oh, <laughs> I a book. heard about this book. Screw the bitch. <gasps> yeah, some idiot wrote it, but he didn't have the balls to put his own name behind it. And personally, I think the book should be banned. You know, any book that's going to hurt humanity really should be banned uh, you know books that help people is what we need not yeah, playbooks you gotta have this uh, people should know about it though so that you know uh, they can prepare a little bit i i was not prepared for this at all and what tipped this whole thing off was I went to it. He kept calling me an abuser. And whenever you look at the DV literature with this, and I didn't look at it before I needed to, but when you start researching, like what kind of hell that you're in and you research it and try to figure things out, you know, it's a, Oh my gosh, it's the only way that a supporting spouse, which my husband was the supporting spouse. He was the one to go make the money. I took care of all the kids and stuff. 
the only way to get out of doing any of his real obligations of taking care of his family, right, is to be running from abuse. So mm-hmm. they call you the abuser. So mm-hmm. the abuser is calling you the abuser. And finally, I was just so sick of him calling me an abuser. And I said, I'm going to learn about abuse then. And I went down to the DV place and the first time. had my mom come and babysit that day. But I put it, the first time I went, I, I didn't put it in my, my phone calendar. My husband does IT and he does like cybersecurity and things of that nature as a programmer. So, you know, I didn't know how in my phone he was at the time. But um, whenever I put that second meeting with the abuse place and I wrote down where I was really going, um, in my phone calendar on my phone that day, my mom called and said, Oh my gosh, you have to come back right away. Um, he's on the porch with his parents, his ex-wife, and he's saying that you have to pack a bag and, and get out of my own house. So I stuck as soon as I pulled up, everybody's on the porch and I stuck, I pushed record, shoved it in my pocket, my phone. So I'm recording the whole time. Um, which is good because I guess he cut off the ring camera app, you know, as well. So it wasn't picking it up. Um, but I have it in my phone and he said, get out, you know, uh, Nancy to my mom, Nancy, get your daughter and get out. And, um, I said, no, this is my house. (laughs) you know. And I asked his dad, Hey, you're a cop. He's a retired cop. Do I have to leave my own house? And he said, well, no. No, you don't have to, but you know, that'll just mean everyone's in misery. I said, Well, welcome. Oh to my gosh. Oh to marriage in America. <laughs> so I don't care. I said, he doesn't have to leave. I don't have to leave. I'm not leaving my house. And then oh, so I'm and going- unaware that it was my house. Right. So then I said, No, it's actually my house. I have a free trader agreement on this house. This is mine. It's completely mine. And his mother said, What? Is this true? And he said, yes. And she said, pack your stuff. You're coming with us. So they packed his bag and left. Um, but he ran into some inheritance right before that. And according to an aunt of his, you know, this has been done and it has been done to the other brother. So it's very much a mom and an ex-wife thing. Um and he's even said that i'm so sorry i'm you know influenced by my mom and bobby bobby's the ex-wife and um who yeah so it's just it is what it is he's trying to skirt any responsibility he hasn't paid anything at all um since the police called the other attorney uh so he paid for a few months um, and he told me how he wanted things set up. Of course, I, I do record every conversation that I have, if I can, with him, because he twists and manipulates and, you know, and then I'll have that footage. And I do. He told me exactly how he wanted the bill set up, how he was going to continue to be supportive of the family, you know, afterward, after he initially left. And then then he started getting into my emails and my Wi-Fi and things like that. He'd log in and change uh, how I know it's him is he would log into my accounts and change my usernames and passwords back to his. 
like usernames, using his own usernames and his own email address is the recovery. And I would get the two-factor code in my email. I'd change my email. I'd still get two-factor codes. So I know that he's doing it. So I brought, you know, these PI reports. I had uh, a private investigator come and look into my email and my Wi-Fi and all of that, which was very costly at the time that I had some money left in, in our account. Um, so I, I brought that to the police, but they won't do anything. They won't do anything about it, but call him and make it worse. Um, and of course, they don't have any anything about it. It was not investigated. It's But I have police uh, text messages between me and one particular officer. They would always make me go through one officer. So huh. I have all the text messages with the metadata on it and the timestamps. And everything showing conversations between me and this other officer where, okay, if I'm, if you can't investigate, why are you investigating? <laughs> why are you doing it then? Mm -hmm. um, so there's just so many inconsistencies and things need to be brought to light with the uh, Winston-Salem PD, um, their involvement, um, the Stokes County Sheriff's Department. Um, the DAs for both for Forsyth County and Stokes County, um, the magistrates for Forsyth County and Stokes County. Um, you know, I've contacted Josh Stein's office. I've gone to the DOJ. I don't get any kind of response mm -mm. from them. Mm -mm. Um, nope, nothing. So hopefully, you know, um, news media can look into this um others can put a light on it i'm going to keep speaking out mm -hmm. and it also just shows that i'm I'm clearly not crazy mm -mm. Mm -mm. so i might be scattered i'm very scattered i'm juggling a lot and he needs to stop just the latest was really good um we had a second mediation where his lawyer wasn't allowed to go finally huh. um and it was at the real courthouse, the real, the first mediation lawyers got to go and it's a nightmare. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted real mediation, but I had to pay $2,000, I think, for this paid private mediation because my lawyer said, oh, it's best to go paid private. And, um, you know, I should have just lit $2,000 on fire. I swear right. it would have been more effective. But so the second mediation was actually good. And, you know, I made a shared parenting plan and I'm like, I don't want to fight this man anymore. I, I want out as much as humanly possible. I want this to be done. And um, you want the kids Monday through Friday, take them. You know, I said, I'd like uh, extra weekends. I'll be the Disney, the Disney dad. I'll take extra weekends and the summer. You want some off time in the summer? Act like I am far away you know, and I'll just take him in the summer because two days every two weeks is just, it's not it's a lot horrible. of time. It's an, it's enough time for your children. I mean, one, my one child won't even speak to me or talk to me or hug me in front of his dad or this new therapist, mm. um, at all. Um, he has to act like he hates me in front of them. So it just, it just messes with them. Mm -hmm. And, um, I told him, like, I'll just take extra time then. And he's like, wait a second, you, you want to, you really want to help? And I said, of course I want to help. They're my children, but I don't want to get tangled up with you. 
I don't want to go pick them up for karate and for gymnastics on your time and have this triangulation. And there's, there's all these uh, extra abilities for people to manipulate situations. I don't want that. I want to stay as far removed as humanly possible from this, this man and just be, you know, okay. So I said, we'll just share in that way. Let's just, and I said, I brought my computer, I brought my laptop. Um, I wrote up a shared parenting plan. If we don't like it, we can change it right here. You know, we can change it together. And I said, you don't like paying this, either do I. You don't like doing this, either do I. And I already, due to the equitable distribution mediation, it was totally fraudulent. They would not look at my free trader agreement. They said that wouldn't stand up in court. It would. I find out later it would have stood up in court. And they said I had to come up with all this money right then. That's not true. I didn't have to come up with this money right away. Um, and then they wanted me to waive uh, alimony and spousal support. And he wasn't paying it anyway. So, you know, so I waived it that day, but I waived it being strong armed without the proper information. And that makes it fraudulent. So it was fraudulently done, but he's already not paying anything. That's his main thing. He said in the very beginning, I will not pay you anything. And um, I will not pay you anything. And I won't sign a no trespass clause. Because in my first agreement with the first um, lawyer, my one lawyer was ethical. None of this horrible stuff was happening. So, you know, then enough has happened, but not like gun violence and stuff. So that one lawyer is the only lawyer that's really ethical. And she actually did. She she probably knew what what a disaster was about to happen. She bailed out and she uh, waived my fee. So she at least waived her own fee. Um, so that was one lawyer, but the rest of them, no. Um, but anyway, in this mediation, uh, you know, I thought we really had a shot there mm -hmm. and he was like, okay, this sounds good. Um, cause he's been having to do it and, uh, he's not used to that. And then he got to the agreement and it said shared. And he's like, I can't do this. It says shared. And I said, but I'm their mother. Of course it's shared. I'm their mother. <laughs> you have to share yeah. with me. And you got them. I can't do that. I can't do this. And I said, look, okay, then go back to your attorney and you tell her, come to me with actual criminal charges then. Um, this is a bunch of BS. No one freaking believes you. They don't because this is done all over the place. You don't have any evidence against me. You never produced any evidence against me that I'm an ill fit mother. I've never been an ill fit mother. And I have tons of text messages from him even after the separation with him saying good job mama good you know a good mama duck and thanking me begging me to hang out and do family time and making s'mores and I just wouldn't do that I'm like no we're not no he was trying to lure me out of my own house is what mm -hmm. <laughs> I to go on but I'm just when that switch is done it's done and it, there's just no going back mm -hmm. um but his attorney needs to come up with something better than this crap because this is a bunch of crap and light's going to come on it and people need to be held accountable mm -hmm. for what they're doing. And oh, and also under ADA, um, I don't know exactly how to uh, invoke all of the magic under that, but it's supposed to be that we're a protected class of people. So I had cancer at the time too. Mm -hmm. That that is a huge thing. That is ADA rights. 
So um, the even the opposing party's lawyer, that's an office. That is a, a law office. And they are supposed to be held to a standard of truthfulness. Yeah. And um, so when I hand her gun violence to my child in a courtroom, you know, while we may not have been scheduled to talk about that on that day, but it was the only day I had um, where I got to represent myself at least. And I'm not that great at it yet, but heck, I'm, it's better than when I had a lawyer, that's for sure. Um, so when I hand her that and I try and get her to give it to the judge and I make the three copies the internet said to, you know, to give to the judge and she won't let the judge see it. She saw it though. And I have a record. I go straight downstairs and get the recording right after any hearing that I have uh -huh. always go straight to the clerk of court. People, if you're watching this, that's go good advice. Get the recording yep. because whatever is said on it, you know, that is your, that's your evidence. And by the way, they put it in a nice other format. So you have to pay an IT person to correct the format so you can listen to it, but get that recording. Um, and, you know, it, cause it's got me on there trying to get my evidence to a judge saying, well, this is about the safety of my children. Will a judge not see it? And his attorney taking it out of my hands, looking at it. So I know she saw it. I know she sees it and not giving that to a judge. And I, I think that that's against the law. I'm not entirely sure because I am not a lawyer, but that's suppression of evidence. I think it is. I think it's willful negligence or willful, you know, you're, uh, you're not deliberately suppressing evidence. She's participating in Partic child abuse Absolutely. and she's participating in child psychological abuse. Mm -hmm. by trying to alienate you from your children. Oh, yeah. And she, I'm sure she's a mother. Would she want this being she done? She is a mother. And uh, another thing, you know, ah. I, you know, I didn't know if it was my, there's so many conflicts of interest. And in, in my case, it's unheard of because of where it is. But um, also my ex-boyfriend was her ex-partner. And I don't know if they were married or not. I said that they were married in emotion. But it doesn't really matter. It's her partner, her ex, um, her ex boyfriend or husband. Uh, you know, I dated a cop way back in the day, mm -hmm. and I called him after thirty years. So you got to be in some deep doo doo to call up an ex boyfriend that happens to be a police officer. Oh. Say, hey, help! What do I do? And so I called him a few times at his job at Winston Salem PD. Um, he has since died. He died, I think, a year ago, but. He was talking to me and uh, about him and Aaron and, you know, that's his lawyer. Um, so, I mean, even that I had a relationship with this man who she also had a relationship with. I mean, shouldn't that be a conflict of interest? Yeah, there's uh, so many conflicts of interest and they blow it off. They, they just blow them off. Like it's not like it's not happening, you know, and my husband's saying, well, uh, I had to do that. I had to say you're an abuser to get the status quo going. On, on tape. He didn't know he was taped, but I have all of that. Um, other people have that evidence, you know, as well. So if anything happens to me, it's coming out anyway. Um, but they just need to do the right thing, you know, and the court needs to correct their misbehavior in these things and their uh, turning a blind eye and whoops, we're sorry, you just don't have any money. And if this were 
Mm-hmm. And I'm so sick of hearing this too. My husband would always say it. Uh, it's just civil. It's just civil. It's just civil. And then the, the it, there's nothing civil about this. There's This is civil court, but there is nothing civil about this. Civil court is where you can say whatever you want, apparently, and just get away with it. And the other party doesn't get representation and because it's not criminal. Well, this is criminal activity, though. Right. This is criminal activity. It's criminal activity to say that I'm a child abuser or a, a husband abuser. I mean, take me to criminal court then where I'm given representation, you know, and I have a chance and my evidence is looked at um, where evidence actually counts. So not only is it is it criminal, it needs to be heard in criminal court then, not civil court. Mm-hmm. Um, the civil court business is crazy. And, the, and then the reporting child abuse and neglect it's so funny. I pray like every day uh, to, just to, to be thankful that my kids are breathing. There are other people and parents that are in much worse situations than me having a, a jerk that um, tries to scare me and scare our kids into doing what he wants. You know, there are worse situations, oh. but but reporting abuse and child neglect in North Carolina, it's so funny. It's two dollars. <laughs> Uh, local bookstore and there's it's filled with laws about you know how who is supposed to be held accountable um, also immunity oh can we talk about yeah. immunity yeah, can we get rid of that can we get rid of immunity what is that what does that mean we get to lie hide the truth hide evidence and we're just immune from any backlash and under ada uh you're not immune sorry there's no immunity under ada so that's also true. And my, my children, you, you're not, yeah, I had a PC parent coordinator say, well, I'm sorry, you can't record me. What? Well, how am I going to get my evidence that you're screwing me over? Right. And, and then two, um, it's a one party state, so I'm supposed to be able to. And, and three, she says, oh, I'm immune. What? Oh. So you don't have to do anything. You don't have to actually do the right thing. You don't have to do the right thing because you're immune. So, and I signed every form for her to be able to talk to people and get records and and she's immune. She doesn't have to say anything. Well, they're not immune from God. Mm-hmm. Because I had an attorney that actually made my case worse and um, he dropped out of a heart attack. So God takes care of these people one way or the other. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you would think that as a mother, as a parent, you should just do what you would want done to yourself. I mean, isn't that like a golden rule? Do unto others as you would right. want them to do unto you, right? Oh, not when there's money that needs to be made in these courthouses. Well, money. So I don't care if money just blew up tomorrow. I've been living without it. Oh. It's, it is what it is, but it's money and everybody's getting a cut. And it's like a huge professional gaslighting escapade you know it's when you're sitting there and you have these professionals tell you oh you know like everything's fine what or um you know you just need to not be so involved in the case or stressed out by the case. where's the door 
Give me right. the door that still allows me to see my children. I'm not asking for much. You know, when it started, I, I never once tried to take away all of his, his um, ability to see his children ever. Mm-hmm. I never once did that. Even, even now, you know, gun violence to their head. He's insane. I still wouldn't say he should never see his children. But I shouldn't be the one jumping through all the hoops, taking all the parenting classes and doing all the crossing the I's and crossing the T's and dotting the I's if I don't even have custody. Like, I don't have. And yeah, I did that to myself, but I wasn't given an opportunity to give my evidence to a judge, a judge that, you know, wouldn't be biased on me. The first judge that wrote this ex parte order and the status quo order, um, you know, I never got to meet him. I never got to see him. He actually sits on the board of the parenting agency that he, that the court afterward told me I had to go through all these classes on. So that judge, it's, uh, I think it was um, stop child abuse now. He sits on that board. And when you, I was like, huh, I've never heard of that. So I Google that. It's the same address as the parenting path. So, which is where I'm supposed to take all these classes. And I did, I took all these classes with them. So it's just, it's, it's just so corrupt, all this corruption and all these systems. And we need to do our part to shine as much light on it as possible. Normalize this so that, that, I mean, it is normal. It has, it has happened to so many people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's so unheard of that people don't want to believe it. They just don't. And they don't want to hear it until it happens to them. So it happens to them. Because it's it's disturbing. It's disturbing that we can't. Oh, what do you mean we can't? We can't have any kind of faith in our justice system. No. It's not just. And so I think sad. we really need to do our part to fix it, mm-hmm. to correct it. You know, and uh, so many people have told me just get out of Dodge, like just move away, go to another state. No, I want to dig my heels in this state. This is mm-hmm. my house. This is my home. This is my state. This is my city. This is my community just as much as it is his mm-hmm. and I'm going to dig my heels in and help change the things that I don't like about it mm-hmm. because I've fallen through all of those holes and those cracks. And I know what actually needs changing because I I've been there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's change it together. Let's everybody do their part. Moms and dads, you know, protective parents in general need to come together and play a part and, you know, do what they're good at and have other people do what they're good at and combine forces and and shatter the system that's done this to so many people. And I've been watching different things like uh, Divorce Corp is a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, documentary really exposes the heck out of everything. There's another one um, that was very good. What was it? Erasing Family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Erasing Family. That's on if you just, uh, most people have Roku or um, what is that, Fire Stick TV or whatever, just search. <laughs> yeah, I think it's on YouTube too, I think. Okay, YouTube, uh, Tubi, I think is what I watched it on. And um, yeah, it, it's true. And this is just, all of these systems are so corrupt and need work. And just do your part, go to your town hall meetings and discuss things. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I don't know, they've sued me for everything under the sun anyway. Um, but I have the real evidence. I mean, there's not, 
there's nothing that anyone can do. They can try and shut me up or, you know, um, sue me for whatever, but it's the truth. I'm just telling the truth mm-hmm. That's it. and it's my experience. And on the gun violence thing, it shouldn't matter if it's, it is my husband's body. It's me saying it because I, I been with the man for over 10 years. I mean, I know what he looks like. And I called that residence, you know, with my son's iCloud that he set up, <laughs> you know, and I didn't have custody at the time and I'm in the picture. So it's like, it's kind of hard to deny it. I'm in the picture because it's, a, it takes a little photo of you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not me doing it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the cricket social worker said it was my stepson in the photo that my husband said it was my stepson. And I said, that's not him. But even if it were him, I don't care if, it, if it's, you know, Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck or whatever. It's gun to my child's head, for God's mm-hmm. sake. And then the social worker was dumb enough to tell my son about it. She told him. I was like, it's behind his head. Why would you tell him something like that? So you told him that his daddy put, his mom said, you know, that his dad put a gun to his head and you're going to leave him up? Like, they don't understand Uh the impact that they do to children. And when they, when they do these things, when they're not, there needs to be training. Another thing, training. Well, CPS needs to be abolished and have something else put in its place with higher and with people that have degrees such as yourself, like, you know, sociology and especially psychology, Mm -hmm. not child development. I mean, really, uh, they should be and they should be paid a little bit more because maybe they do a better job with a better, you know, kickbacks from people's well, that would hopefully we if we could get rid of the kickbacks. Yes. The and incentives. The incentives. Yes. And and that's that's just so true. That needs to be exposed to what I've learned in this situation. And I'm all about like, you know, I don't want to just give a sob story about what's happened to me and oh, you know, this is so terrible, it's happened to me. Yeah, I I know about it now. I know about all of this injustice, but, you know, to really uncover why the whys behind things is really key and to share that with other people, share what um, a child support actually is and does. And if people were to, to, I mean, he makes really great money and I made no money because I took care of the kids. That's a contribution, by the way. Right, right. Um, You know, when, when, you have to rely on child support because they won't do their job. They won't take care of their children. So you rely on child support, um, but child support gets a kickback. What? You yeah. Know? So, people need to know the taxpayers. Oh. Yeah. This is why I'm going to have you back on again. Cause we're going to talk more about this problem. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> write that down that we need to discuss that. We oh, need yeah. to discuss, um, you know, training and um, best practices. Now, this is a good one too. Best practices. I found some great evaluation pieces in North Carolina and best practices. And then you call the administration of the court and ask them, what's up with the best practices? Why are they not being followed? And they say, oh, there's no mandate on that. What? There's no mandate that my court has to follow any best practices? Why do we have them? Why do we pay for all that stuff? 
why are we earmarking funds for evaluation for best practices and, you know, to follow the ACEs and to do this and that for, you know, child uh, custody if we don't have to follow them? No judge has to actually do it. They can do whatever they want. Right. And we're going to educate the taxpayer in our next podcast. Yes, please do. Because these people are elected. So we need to unelect them. We need to right. stop voting for them. Just stop voting for these people. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, if anyone wants to reach you, do you want them to come through me? I can. Yes, please. Okay. No problem. I will yeah, put that. You know, any, any um, state politician that wants to work on policy, I have some great policy things. I've been um, emailing some people. I've been uh, talking, uh, texting. And if you make yourself, my kitty, available mm-hmm. to that, um, I, I would really like to help in that way, I think there's some task forces that help influence uh, family court. I, I'd like to give the research that I have so far uh, to that. And, you know, I, I met with some folks from um, Caden's Law, adopting Caden's Law into states, and then uh, or offshoots of that. And, you know, I'm always looking at the pros and cons to all of it, because mm-hmm. every law, every policy is going to be exploited by that system, that abusive system, and those abusive people in the system. So we have to look at what what went right with this law and what went wrong with this law, and then make adjustments for advocating for the proper legislative pieces with the proper language to support what we're trying to do, which is protect as many people as possible with as little harm, bringing as little harm to more people. Definitely. So, I think that that's really important to look at all sides oh, of I, any legislation that's totally, coming into play. Totally appreciate you coming on. This is going to be great. I can't wait till the next podcast. So don't jump off. Okay. Um, Slam the Gavels, a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in the family courtrooms. I am your host, Marianne Petri, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. And please join us again here with Amanda Story in the future and other exciting episodes. You can find my podcast on YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple iTunes, Anchor FM, and please leave reviews. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you. Bye. Mm-hmm.